laughing as she pulled cross-eyed faces, imitating Hugo squinting. I charged towards her, like a bull, before both of us went into the mud. We wrestled and fought to lots of cheering until I heard my dress rip and felt a hand trying to pull me up. It was Janie, my best friend, begging me not to get into trouble again. Anyway, Cyclops is a superhero, she said to Imogen, and Hugo has two eyes, not one, stupid. I put on my skirt and blouse, wondering how I can get the dress clean and fix it without Mum noticing. I hear footsteps approaching my bedroom. I shove the dress back underneath the bed. I'm relieved when Hugo pokes his head round the door. He's two years younger than me, but already taller. Are you coming? he asks. He's dressed in a dark purple waistcoat, smart trousers, and Dad has polished his shoes. I take Hugo's chubby hand, and together we walk downstairs. Mum and Dad explain why my brother is partially sighted. When he was born, he couldn't breathe, so was put onto an oxygen machine. The doctor said the rods and cones in his eyes were killed at birth. Cones? I'd said to Dad. All I could see was Mr. Whippy ice cream with chocolate flakes. Dad tried to explain. Hugo has, how can I put it, faulty wiring. Sometimes there can be problems at birth, but it doesn't mean we don't love him just the way he is. So my birth wasn't difficult. There was a long pause. I don't think he answered. He was probably still thinking about Hugo's rods and cones. As Hugo and I almost reached the bottom of the stairs, no more steps, I say, with one to go. He steps forward and I grab him before he can fall. Not funny, Polly. But we both giggle because Christmas Day and opening presents is only one day away now. Granny Sue and Grandad Arthur, Mum's parents, always come round on Christmas Eve. They live in Devon, in a cottage by the sea. Dad's sister, Lynn, is also coming. Auntie Lynn is widowed and lives on her own in London. Tonight, for the first time ever, Mum is allowing me to stay up until at least nine. Normally, Hugo and I are packed off to bed before they even sit down to dinner. The doorbell rings three times. That'll be Grandad. Now the party has begun, he says as I open the door and throw my arms around him. He's wearing a navy spotted tie and smells of bonfires and aftershave. Granny Sue pushes past us in a long, stylish coat, scarlet lipstick and high heels, carrying a plate of food. Granny Sue used to be blonde and glamorous. I've seen pictures of her when she was young. Dad says she is still good-looking. She used to be a professional cook. Granny Sue's hands are famous because she's been on adverts carving turkey. Dad says they were a handsome couple in their day, Grandad Arthur and Granny Sue. People wanted to be like them. Hugo and I follow Grandad into the sitting room, eyeing the bulging bag that clinks by his side. Grandad remarks on the twinkling lights in our Christmas tree and all those presents stacked in piles underneath it. All for me, he beams at us, before slipping off his coat and telling us nothing beats a real log fire. I watch as he sits down and takes a couple of bottles out of his bag. Aware of my gaze, he winks at me. No presents for you, Polly. I hear you've been a very naughty girl this year.
he roars with laughter before presenting me with a small box wrapped in silver paper that immediately I shake before adding to my pile. Mum's right. Grandad can't talk. He shouts. He can't laugh. He roars. He can't ring the doorbell once. He has to ring it three times. He's like a giant ray of sunshine appearing on our doorstep. Auntie Lynn arrives next, and Grandad almost crushes her in his embrace. She's wearing a spotty red dress with her famous beige tights. Since she lost her husband, she doesn't smile that much, not even at Christmas. Soon we're all in the sitting room, chatting about school and stuff. I'm telling Auntie Lynn about my nativity play, but Mum interrupts me. Hugo sang a wonderful solo too. He played the Mad Hatter. How about a little music now to get the party going?